Well, hello and welcome back to the Main Straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast. I'm so glad you could join us for episode two. And without further ado, I'm going to say it right now. Happy New Year to you. Wherever you may be around the world, we hope that you are having a brilliant start to your year and also that you had a good festive period. I know for myself, I'll share with you now, I completed it. I did Home Alone 1 and 2, watch that. I watched The Nativity. I watched Elf. I watched Grinch. I mean, maybe I've missed one out. Maybe if I have, you could let me know uh, by sending us a message so that I am prepared for Christmas 2023. But anyway, thank you very much for joining us again. This is where we bring you all of the F1 in Schools insights, some gems. We get some brilliant guests on. And of course, we bring you the latest news. And I can tell you that I am starting with my personal news. I have a brand new year's resolution. Yes, um, I'm not very good at new year's resolutions, but I've decided to go with this one. I did a bit of research and I found out, I looked into it, new year's resolutions for a healthy, happy life. How many of you will be doing this? The top five are build a better budget. Okay, that's number one. Practice mindfulness, cook something new each week and read more books. And finally, create a cleaning schedule that you'll stick to. Well, I didn't go for any of those to make my life happier. I've gone with this New Year's resolution, eat less chocolate. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if that's going to make me happier or not. But welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we obviously want you to get involved. Send us anything on our socials, which is at F1 in Schools HQ. You can leave us a comment. Most importantly, please let us know that you're enjoying the podcast uh, by following us and making sure you download all of the latest episodes. Oh, by the way, that reminds me, episode one, we had the founder and chairman of F1 in Schools, Andrew Denford on, who had a brilliant chat with me talking about the origins of F1 in Schools and hopes for the future. So if you haven't heard that already and listened to it, then make sure you do it. You could either do it now, stop this podcast, go and listen to it, then come back or you could just do it at the end, or you could do it whenever you fancy. It is all up to you. Right, without further ado, I'm excited to get our first guest of the new year on, and that is um, a teacher. And I want to get the teacher's perspective of F1 in schools. And it is, of course, Rob Shepard from Scarborough UTC. Welcome to the Main Straight Podcast. Thank you very much, Tom. Lovely to be here. Yeah, a um, bit of pressure on you, on your shoulders. Andrew Denford, the chairman and founder of F1 in Schools, is our first guest. But I don't want to put any pressure on you for being our second guest. Um, but obviously, you would have heard the first episode. You know what I'm going to do. I've got several questions to ask you. And what's interesting about this is you can give us a bit of an insight as a teacher. So my first question to you, Rob, is how did you get involved in F1 in Schools? So it's been something that I've always done ever since my, my NQT year. So my new, uh, sorry, not even before that, my PGCE year. So um, as I was training to be a teacher, the school that I was at on my phase one placement, um, we're running an F1 schools competition. It was back in the days of the old Bloodhound ones. So uh, very similar to the entry class now. Um, and my background prior to teaching as an aerospace engineer um, and teaching engineering and design technology, the two really went hand in hand and it was something that I embraced and, and fell in love with more than anything um and that was something that i saw how the students were engaged with it and it was outside of that curriculum and outside of that um, educational environment and applying that knowledge um and it's something that i've always valued massively and, and wanted to share with the students and the opportunities it gives them yeah and you missed out the big f there a lot of fun as well am i right 
Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of pressure, um, but yeah, definitely a lot of fun when uh, when everything's handed in and you watch your car on the track or sort of show the students' cars on track. Yeah, I mean, uh, from a teacher's perspective, um, what is how do you get the most out of your students to try and you know just steer them in the right direction when they need it and and keeping their calm under all the pressure that they're finding, wanting to do the best they can. It, for me, it's about trying to remove the barriers. Um, barriers to, to entry, barriers to entry to the competition, um, understanding or knowledge and developing those students up and, and giving them that support when they need it. Um, but also recognising that it is about building their resilience, about building their independence and, and ultimately about applying their knowledge rather than applying mine. Um, so being there, and I suppose to, to coin a teacher's terminology, to scaffold them up to where they need to be and then and letting them go and watching them succeed. And what would you say were the most difficult challenges you have as a teacher standing back obviously helping them to get as far as they can uh, what sort of problems arise from your perspective For, from our contextual viewpoint being up in Scarborough um, we're, we're what's called an opportunity area within um, within the educational world um, so that is that basically we're, we're an area of um, lower social economic or um, educational deprivation um, so as a result of that there are initiatives and um, opportunities that are put in place for those students to try and, and go above and beyond of what they'd normally get um, so from a from a barriers perspective from us um, first of all the, the UTC that I'm at is, is a purpose-built university technical college that was built in 2016 with a view of getting students into engineering within the locality because there is a there is a need for it. There is a need nationally, but even more so regionally. Um, so we are fully equipped in terms of latest CNC equipment, um, 3D printers, CAD software, et cetera, et cetera. So the students have got access to that, but it's allowing them, the, in, in terms of go back to that barrier statement, it's allowing those students to see there is an opportunity outside of education in that world. Um, and we're very, very fortunate in the locality with having sponsors and partners and Tom will go back to the national finals when Missy, Alex and Libby were crowned national champions and we've got the McCain sign behind us. Um, we are very, very fortunate we have got local educational partners, or local, sorry, industry partners that are there to support us financially and, and technically. So again, removing that barrier. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, you've got all the potential there. It's just getting the kids and the students to just take part to just give it uh, an opportunity uh, that must be really rewarding when they do so well as the most recent team you've had at SBA Avidity getting to a world final and finishing third that must be so rewarding for you as the teacher Rob yeah it, it, words can't even put it into perspective Tom um, the sense of pride I mean you welled up I'd gone as Missy dragged me into to the clip um, for the national finals I yeah myself and my team were, were, were welling up um, and then again, to see them place um, first overall for Project Management Award um, and recognition of the hard work that they've put in. And then to, to be crowned sort of, um, third place um, overall at the World Finalists for a team from Scarborough. It, I can't, can't even begin to put it into perspective, but it, yeah, such a sense of pride and such a sense of reward. And I'm sure for the the other teams, because you've been involved since 2015, I believe, when you started uh, teaching at Scarborough UTC. So even the teams that don't finish there, that don't get to a, a world, they make it to a national, which is fantastic because that's getting from the regionals. So even those teams that don't go on to have the same success that SBA Avidity have done, 
it's still so rewarding because as you've mentioned it was just about getting those students to give it a go to get involved yeah very much so i mean i mentioned back in, in the first question you asked me sort of what made me get involved originally and as i said it was a school that was my phase one placement for my, my my pgce year um that really lit that fire for me um i then took it to my second school which was 2015 onwards and then i was there for two years and then bought it up to it was partly in place up at scarborough but really drove it from from when i joined um and as i said the, the opportunities it gives is just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and you said to, it isn't all about that podium place it's the fact that even at regional level that they're competing something that they're proud of that they spend hours and hours developing um and it's an opportunity for them to showcase the work that they do i mean i'm just looking at the i'm going to call it a roster i don't know if you call it like i just feel like it's a real competitor it's the roster the team that's there uh that you had uh, last year, SBA Avidity, you've got Missy, who wants to go on and do motorsport engineering, um, become a Formula One race engineer. And then you've got Alex, who wants to be in the automotive industry and further maybe do even more maths. And then you've got Libby, and who mentioned that when, when you said about aeronautical studies, she wants to go on and do that um, aeronautical engineering. Um, that must be just so excited that it's just opened their eyes up to what the potential is out there. Yeah, very much so. I mean, Missy now is down at um, university, so she left us at the UTC uh, last year, so she graduated from us for A-levels. She's now studying motorsport engineering, um, and I fully expect to see her on the paddock in, in the next few years, without question. Um, Alex is um, down in the south of England doing a degree of apprenticeship. Not allowed to tell any more than that. Uh, and then Libby is due to um, graduate from the UTC um, so she's in year 13 at the minute, so she will graduate next summer. Um, and she's currently looking at degree apprenticeships or um, university placements. Yeah. Have you noticed any of your competitors uh, from the roster of many teams that you've had have gone on to do something completely different, but this F1 in schools has given them that kind of confidence to do whatever they want? Um, I think sort of one example, and I was, I was having to catch it with her the other day, um, is, is Hannah. Um, so Hannah was out in Abu Dhabi 2019 um, and, and she joined the UCC in the first year at Open. So sort of really um, for a founding member, I suppose, is the way of saying it. Um, she got spotted by the William Unilever um, Academy at the National Finals and was awarded a place in that. And that opened Hannah's sort of confidence, really. Um, and allowed her then to go on and, and apply for, for things various. But um, she was awarded a degree apprenticeship with Warwick University and the Dyson Institute. Um, so she's now in new product development at Dyson. And uh, F1 in schools, I'm sure, pushed her in that right direction. And I'm sure it gave her the opportunity to, to do something slightly different or to go into a world that she hadn't necessarily considered before. But it certainly gave her the confidence and the resilience to go and say, look, you know what, let's apply, let's see what happens. And, and if I get in, I get in. And, and she did. And she's done amazingly well. Oh, that is awesome to hear. Uh, uh, from a teacher's perspective, when your students uh, take part in F1 in schools, do you notice a difference in every other areas, at every other area of their academic uh, career where they, they sort of get better in other areas because of that resilience? Yeah, yeah. In in short, um, 
I think it's bigger than that, though. It's not just the resilience that develops, it's the communication, it's the teamwork, it's the time management, it's the organisation. Um, certainly one of the students that we've got competing in the national finals in January, uh, or later on in January, um, is um, his, his organisation has improved massively. His, his written um, communication has improved phenomenally um, and able to get stuff across in a much more concise manner because of having to write portfolios and being limited to a certain number of pages. Um, you see engagement, you see aspiration and, and certainly following in the footsteps of, of the teams that we've had in, in the roster, as you affectionately called it, Tom, that there is, a, there is an expectation there that we want the kids to do well. We want them to go on. We want to push them. Um, but they meet us in the middle and we'll, we'll push them all as much as we can. Um, but yeah, in, in short, huge, huge benefit education. Well, I understand now uh, about the competitors in F1 in schools. I want to know a little bit more about you, Rob. How how do you think that F1 in schools and being involved has improved your life uh, in terms of your teaching? Or, or maybe it hasn't. Maybe you were just at the top peak level before, Rob, and this is only this is only added to it, but just out of curiosity. So to me, as in, in my role, so I'm um, director of engineering and, and also widening opportunities lead. Um, so that widening opportunities bit incorporates things like, uh, we call it enrichment. So every Friday afternoon for two hours, we do um, curriculum enrichment projects. F1 in schools is one of those, um, as is Green Power, as is Vex Robotics, as is Royal Navy Challenge and, and other things that we do that gives those students something different to the educational um, environment. From my perspective, it's the application of everything that myself and my team do within the engineering department and apply it to the real world, apply it to an actual real life project. And yes, as part of being the UTC, we do that in, in curriculum anyway. As I said, we work closely with employers on, on real world engineering products um, and, and sort of project-based learning. But F1 in schools has got that competitive edge behind it. You are competing on the world stage. From my development perspective, it's taught me a lot with regards to um, um, sort of how how we go about looking at stuff, how how you apply that knowledge, or how you get those students to to understand and apply and retain that knowledge, um, and also about the engagement and having that uh, sort of competitive edge and having that um, insight into into all the stuff and how that knowledge is applied in other areas. I mean, when it gets to a, a nationals, a world final, even the regionals, it's like a melting pot of all this knowledge coming together. I, I want to pick apart some gems. That's what I'm calling them, Rob. A couple of gems because teachers will be listening to this podcast. Also, the students will be listening to the podcast and thinking, hang on a minute, what can I extract from this that will help me say later this month at uh, the national finals? So gems, I'm going to call them that from a teacher's perspective. What would you, maybe the three top tips or top tips that you'd have for teachers, how they can get the best uh, from their students? Get on it early. Um, don't leave stuff to the last minute. Make sure that we're supposed to be getting the, the students to be project managers, but always have that oversight of it. Always have that knowledge and understanding of when stuff needs to be done for Um Get the students to make the approaches to the company. The, the companies love it. They, we were fortunate enough that we were over at um, Anglo American the other week to, to pitch um, one of the teams for 
um, title partnership uh, or two teams, one that hasn't been registered into the competition yet for title partnership or type, yeah. Um, and to, to see how the, the industry professionals or the industry experts were there quizzing the students and how knowledgeable they were, it's so much better making the approaches from them as opposed to from me ringing them up um, because it brings it to life. And, and the third one is just take pride in it. Just watch what those students can do. Look how amazing they are and, and showcase it. That is fantastic. Three tips. I've jotted them down uh, and I will tweet about them later on as well. <laughs> and um, in terms of the students, because they'll be listening as well and thinking, all right, what can I do? I mean, I suppose you could apply those three tips as well, but what do you find gets a better uh, result for those students when they do something? What is, is there any tips for them? Um, the, the big one is, is find out your job role early. Um, it causes unrest and unsettlement if if somebody's in that team and not doing the work that they should be doing because they're in the wrong role. Um, we tend to keep the team smaller. Um, very rarely would we run a team of six anymore from, from experience and, and exposure in the competition, just because it, it allows people to really get stuck into that task, into those, into those topics or in, into those areas on the scorecard and treat those scorecards like you're everything look at them, go through them with a fine-tooth comb, make sure you fully understand what that's asking and what you're being marked upon. Um, however, don't treat it like it's a coursework success criteria, so where you're looking at it and thinking, right, if I do this, this and this, it's going to get me 20 marks. It doesn't quite work like that. It, it's You're being judged against other people that you're competing with, and it's a scale. But if you're aiming at the top mark band or the top bracket, um, you're not going to go far wrong. That is excellent. I love this, Rob. I, I like your attention to detail. I can see uh, anyone who is watching this uh, when we put this up uh, online. I can see a, a, an array. I was expecting to see F1 in schools, models of the vehicles, the cars uh, in the backdrop, but no, sunglasses. You're a perfectionist when it comes to... What, what, what is this? this? This obsession with sunglasses? Uh, their own, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite a few of them. Um, I, I'm a keen cyclist. Um, as you can see, I've got part of the bike behind me um, that needs to be hung back up on a wall, but it's a different story. Um, and yeah, it's the engineering behind it. Um, the How you can ultimately, like, for instance, I'm, I'm going to sound like a real geek in a minute if I haven't already, um, but how you can adapt the light transmission through a lens to, to focus in on different colours. So, for instance, if you're on the road, you need certain colours to, to really be highlighted, and likewise, if you're on a mountain bike. Um, but how all the lenses are interchangeable, and, yeah, it's just awesome. Anything engineering, I'm, yeah, just in love with, basically. I knew it. I knew that would happen. I'd ask that question, and we get a little bit of detail, which I absolutely love. Uh, Rob, I, I want you to, to go back as far as all of the regionals, because when I asked about those tips, those gems, to help anybody else who is competing this year, um, I believe, if I'm correct in this, uh, that you any of the teams you've had have all got to a national final. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. There you go. So you are the man to talk to uh, in this situation. But out of all of those competitions, all of those nationals, world finals, do you have any highlights 
from those experiences, people you've met along the way, moments in those finals and those competitions that you could share with anyone? Yeah, uh, yeah. and th- there's too many, Tom, unless we've got multiple days to go. Um, <laughs> but the, the big ones to me are, and I, I still have to watch it back on YouTube just to, to realise that it was actually real, to see SBA Vidity get crowned national champions 2021 um, and to see the reaction and the pride and the hard work being paid off for, for those students, um, for, for Alex, Missy and Libby, is something that I'm never, ever going to forget. Um, to be at the race um, for, the, for the Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi 2019, um, as we sat on Abu Dhabi Hill watching the, the races because all the cars go through, um, to be given the opportunity by um, Andrew and the team to, to go down to the um, British Grand Prix um, last year, just gone. <clears throat> and, and surreal moments to be in the Red Bull um, hospitality suite and and to have um, Mark Webber walk past and sit on the table with us and have a coffee. It's just this stuff like that. It just doesn't happen. What, what is this? Am I dreaming? Um, but also to see those students just absolutely fall in love with what they do and, and to apply it to every part of their life and and to go on to have careers and, and amazing careers in engineering. It, it's what it's all about. I love that. My next question was going to be, what sunglasses were you wearing in Abu Dhabi and why? But we won't ask it. There's, there's just not an... I can, I can answer it if you want. I, I can tell you. <laughs> I love that. Actually, I do actually. Well, what, what sunglasses were you wearing? Uh, they were open jawbreakers with um, Prism Roadlanders. Okay. Mark Cavendish edition. Just, I'll, I'll put that out there. Well, I'll throw you one back to make that link with Abu Dhabi for myself. I remember <clears> interviewing <throat> Mark Cavendish uh, for the... Um, f1 esports uh, final uh, and he was there he seems to always be there so i love that connection he's even got the sunglasses to go with abu dhabi um rob this has been a real pleasure to get the insight from you and and to hear your passion and um what does that uh, january have in store for you i mean i've been asking about new year's resolutions for everyone listening uh what's on the horizon for you this this year so we've got um later this month we've got the national championships quest saber racing we'll be competing in development class um, coming through from Yorkshire, Humberside, North East and East Midlands. I think that was the, uh, the regional competition that got amalgamated together. Um, so looking forward to being down at the NEC for that. Um, and then, uh, as I was saying to, um, to David and the team, uh, later on in the year, we're, myself and my wife are uh, very excited to, uh, to welcome our first child. Um, so future F1 schools competitor, here we come. <laughs> I love that. Congratulations. Um, well, listen, all the best for the year. I look forward to catching up with you at the national finals up in Birmingham. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you um, and uh, to uh, inspire more people like yourself. Um, But I feel like with your tips, everything you've given us today, I feel like any teacher stepping into a nationals or a regional or even a world is just going to have to be ready for all of the emotions that come flooding their way. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. An emotional roller coaster, but yeah, in many different ways, whether it's pressure, whether it's stress, whether it's enjoyment, excitement, it just, yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Just do it. Just get those students involved in it and, and watch what they can do. Rob Shepherd, an absolute pleasure having you on the main straight today. Thank you, Tom. I'll speak to you soon. Well, that was so good to catch up with Rob Shepherd from Scarborough UTC. Really looking forward uh, to catching 
up with him at the UK national final. Right. If you heard our first episode of The Main Straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast, then you will know at this point in the show, I welcome the PDC onto the show. That is the producer, director and co-host. He goes by the name of Max Fernley. Why does he go by that name? Well, because it is in fact his actual name. Max, uh, welcome back to the show. Episode two. Happy New Year to you. Are you all right? Happy New Year. I'm doing well. It's a new year, new me, as the old saying goes. Uh, really? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Got my <laughs> New Year's resolutions in place. I heard yours. What's yours again? Oh, just to remind uh, you and everybody else, uh, eat less chocolate. It's going to be very difficult because I'm a bit of a chocolate fiend. I love chocolate. However, Max, um, will you be taking on board any of these, which will make you apparently a healthier and happier person? Um, build a better budget. I mean, they, they don't sound very fun. Practice mindfulness, cook something new each week, read more books, create a cleaning schedule that you'll stick to. Does any of those sort of resonate with you? I can't I can't say they do. Personally, okay. I can't say I mean some of them maybe, maybe I could apply mm. them to my to my new year, new me uh energy that I've got going on, but no, mine's the complete opposite of you, and I'm instead gonna have more chocolate. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we are yin and yang. You're we eating are. more chocolate this year. I'm trying to cut down. Well, look, those are our news resolutions. As I've said to everybody listening, let us know. We do like to make this a bit of a family feel, or oh, that's what we definitely like to going forward. And I believe that we forgot one of our family to mention in the last podcast, Max. And I, I feel I feel really bad for it. And I and I hope everyone understands that we meant nothing by it. And this is a this is a groveling apology uh to you. We forgot to mention a national final, didn't we? Yeah, you don't need to take blame for this, Tom. This is completely on me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have a big apology. Uh, I'm sorry to Italy. Italy, I have let you down. We missed to announce your event on the first episode. We missed it. However, however, you are getting announced on the first episode of the new year, which arguably you could say there's a lot there because it's the new year it's the new year everyone's a new person after the new year everyone's got new values everyone's full of christmas food and everyone's excited for what's to come uh yeah and i'm excited to see italy at the future competitions that's what i'm excited for that will be excellent and you know what it's always brilliant to be number one on the news items from PDC. Um, going forward, uh, they'll be happy about that. And I feel like a lot of people will be very nervous because the UK national finals is coming up in about two weeks' time, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, soon we'll all be at the uh, NEC. Me and Tom will both be there ready for a stressful week of uh, competition uh, for the UK. Uh in fact, Rob Shepard's team will be there, Sabre Racing, along with many other talented teams, all ready to take home the trophies. Uh, but enough about the UK. We don't need to talk about the UK anymore. We're going to talk okay. about one country in particular, and yeah. that's Hong Kong, because they've just had their final. Uh, it, and can I just say, Italy looks incredible, and so did Hong Kong. Uh, fantastic. Some of the footage I saw, it looked super cool uh, there. So when they come and join us in Worlds, that would be excellent. And have any more info on that event, Max? I do. So uh, Hong Kong, their first place team was Team Lion Rock. Uh, second place is CWK Accurate Team. 
And third place is JTCU, but congratulations to all three of them and all the other teams that competed. You all did really well, and it'll be exciting to see you uh, in future competitions. Yeah, the standard, very high indeed. Lion Rock, what a name. Love that. Well, I'm looking forward uh, to hopefully meeting all of those three teams. And like I said, it looks so good. And if you haven't seen it, uh, find it on the social so you can have a look back at what those guys are doing. I'm sure a lot of people listening do this. They look at other national finals or regionals and kind of think, oh, can I get some tips there? Or can I see what they've been up to? And and a pang of jealousy is very, very cool what Hong Kong grew up to. Max, uh, what else have we got to discuss in the news section? So on uh, on the topic of Rob, uh, his previous team, SBA Vegetty, who have now moved on to do bigger things, uh, they've progressed from school now and have gone off to do uni or other things. Uh, Missy McArdle, the team principal of SBA Vegetty, recently uh, got the Women in Motorsport Award at the World Finals at Silverstone this last year. Sorry, New Year. Keep forgetting. Yeah. Uh, she got to go behind the scenes with BTCC, thanks to Motorsport UK, and uh, got some uh, behind the scenes access of what it's like in the uh, pit lanes and the uh, pit garages, which looked cool to see. The team also worked. The team also worked with the PMI, uh, which is the Project Management Institute, and they are the leading professional association for project management. So they got some uh, really good in-depth opportunities to get behind the scenes of what the team's really like. That is amazing. And as we always say, or I always definitely say, if you get an opportunity, make sure you take it. Um, both hands, get involved, immerse yourself as much as you can. I'm sure Missy did exactly that in her experience. So well done to her again uh, from the world's last year. Anything else, Max, that we need to cover? Unfortunately, not. The news what? is pretty, pretty thin this month. Uh, it's disappointing, I know, but... Uh... No, well, I like not much. short and sweet. Short and sweet. I'll take that. Uh, that is the latest news. And as we always say, if you want to let us know about the news wherever you are around the world in your F1 in schools, then do let us know on the socials, which is very simply F1 in schools HQ. And Max Fernley, aka the PDC, will be across all of that. And you're going to be very busy at the nationals running around, aren't you? Yes. So uh, you'll see me all running around uh, the NEC stressed. Uh, with a microphone in hand, but that microphone might be heading your way. It might be coming straight in your direction and you might be getting an interview. And oh. it is optional, but I'm not going to take no for an answer. You, you, <laughs> you're going to have, it's content. And if you want to have this opportunity of being on the podcast, you've got a, now's your chance. Now's your chance. Yes. All right. Well, look out for us at the Nationals and look out for our next podcast, which will be a special from the UK National Finals in Birmingham in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Max, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, as always, uh, for everybody listening, please do download. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast for our next episode, which will be coming out very shortly. And of course, in February, another brand new guest coming on the show to give us some insight and some absolute gems. And I bet you're keeping your lips sealed on who that's going to be. You're not going to tell everybody now, are you, Max? No announcements just yet. Keeping okay. it nice, nice and secret. <laughs> Keep them on the toes. Exactly. All right, Max. Well, listen, thank you very much uh, for being on the Main Street episode two. And, and to everyone listening, we will be back for episode three very shortly. Take care until then. And wherever you are around the world, best of luck with your F1 in schools journey. 